That's awesome. I love my church and I hope you guys too. And we are in part two of our I Love My Church series this week. And if you've been tired of all the fighting and division in our world, then today's message on unity and love is really going to encourage you. That's right. Pastor Chuck is going to be talking about a proven method on how to combat that division and fighting that's happening in our culture right now. But right now, in honor of better, Happy Veterans Day, uh, we are going to be doing something special. Uh, so in honor of that, welcome up our senior pastor, Chuck Bohr, along with five of our own veterans, a part of our church family, who are going to be representing all five of our military branches. All right. So Veterans Day is a time where we pause and we are honoring, as in Romans 13, 7, it says, give honor to whom honor is due. And we give honor to the men and women who are serving and those who have served so that we have freedom, so that we, Lord, could get to be the country God wants us to be. So we could see our rights protected here and all around the world, even for other people. And each of the people on stage today are part of our Crossroads family. And each one of them served in one of the five branches of the military. And they're honoring, uh, we wanna honor them today as they represent all of you who have served. So we do thank all of you for being here. And then I want to do this. Go ahead and have a seat. Unless you are a person who's either served or serving in the military, would you stand right now? Because we want to include you in this time of honor. Such a blessing, such a blessing that you're a part of our church family and we get to be together like this. Um, I want to pray right now uh, that um, God would move in a special way for those who have served or are serving and on their families. So let's do that together right now. Father, we thank you for the men and women who have served our country by being a part of our military, one of our five branches to make sure that um, freedom rings out and freedom remains true. And I think we live in a day where we all know how vital and how valuable freedom is. And I pray, oh God, right now that um, each one of the people who are part of our church family would know that we do not take for granted this, the, the way they've served, what they've done. And we pray for a blessing on them and upon their families. In Jesus' name, amen. And by the way, you guys, thank you for your service. Let them know again how much we appreciate them. Wow. Well, um, I do love uh, the fact that we get to honor those who deserve honor and those in our military, our first responders, all those who... Uh, live lives of service. We really, really uh, know that matters. Uh, we're coming up towards something I'm super excited about, the Advent season. 
And uh, I want you to know we have a brand new Advent journal out, just special for this year. Um, And I had something really cool happen. I ordered my Advent journal on Amazon, and then uh, my, my little Alexa, the light started flashing, and I said, Alexa, what's my notification? And Alexa said, the advent of Jesus will be arriving today. <laughs> okay, didn't you know Jesus is coming back? So yeah, so Alexa said it would be today. And I said, nope, no man knows the day or hour. But, uh, but I want to encourage you to get yours before November 28th. We have English and Spanish. Uh, make sure you have one. It has a daily devotional to go through each day. You can do it alone. You could do it with friends. Uh, I would encourage you to do it with other people. Uh, Do it as a family. Do it with your kids. And uh, then we have some special treats in here. Uh, We have some amazing recipes uh, to make our our time together more valuable. We have what we're going to call Mission Advent, which will uh, make uh, Advent more valuable. So all that's in here. You can go to uh, crossroadschurch.family, click on it. It'll bring you right to this year's Advent Journal. I did find out a bunch of you ordered last year's Advent Journal. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, but get this year's, get this year's. Okay, we want you to be able to do that. Why? Because when we're a church family, we want to be together, uh, better together than apart. And by the way, that's what the Bible teaches, that as a family, we are better together than apart. And so God wants you and I to have a place we belong, a place that's home, a place where the together people. Because uh, in Ecclesiastes, it says when one falls then another can help them rise up. When one is cold, the other can keep them warm. And then it talks about a threefold strand is not quickly torn apart. What is that saying? The wisest man in the world outside of Jesus said this, we're better together than apart. Father, I thank you that we are a church that gets to be together that we come together, we live together, we share together, we love together. We're a part of the mission and great commission together. And I pray, Lord, that we would understand how blessed we are to have a family like this one. And I, I don't take for granted our Crossroads family and that we get to be in this together. There are certain words when you hear them that uh, I, they, they evoke emotion. And God made us that way because words have power. So let me give you one that I'm not sure what emotion it evokes for you, but for me, it's a really good one. Home. Okay, a bunch of you, do you agree? Home. Home's a good word. And, and it feels good to have a place you belong. We all want a place we belong. We want a place where we, we feel like home. By the way, I've learned over the years, you can buy a house and that house could never become a home, right? But then you could have an apartment that's home. Um, You can have a church family that's home. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me, that we would be a family. And I love Crossroads because we get to be a family together. I love the church. Uh, God's great design for the church because it's a place of family. There was a woman who could not have loved her son more than she did. And her husband, his father, could not have been worse. He created a life that was a nightmare. One that they would, they would lay in bed at night feeling a sense of terror as they were living something horrific and horrible and they didn't feel safe and it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. 
And then one night she realized, I can't go on like this. We got to get out of here before it's too late. She got her little boy and she got just as much as she could and packed up the car and they drove to a place that basically they had never been before. Why? Because she didn't want to be found. And they got a cheap motel and they knew they didn't have much money and she thought, I don't know how we're going to make it, but at least we're safe. That Sunday she went to church. And uh, when she went to the children's ministry to pick up her little boy, her son, he said, Mom, this was so fun. Can we come back? And she looked at him and said, Eric, I gave my life to Jesus today. He didn't know what that meant, but he knew something good had happened, something better was going to occur in their lives. And they went back to that, that little cheap motel with her still wondering what would happen, how God would take care of them. But the church followed up on her. They, they, the, they followed up because she had come forward and made herself known. And so what happened is they found out the situation she was in. And they said, we're going to help you. Uh, There was a man in the church who actually needed to hire somebody for his company. So he hired her. So she now had a job before the first week was out. And by the way, let me tell you this. She was really good at that job. He was amazed how good she was. So not only did she excel immediately, she would become a vital part of that company and keep from being promoted and rising up and finding her calling in a very special way. But Eric told me this. He said, I started having birthday parties. Why? Because the church gave me birthday parties. First time. He really had a birthday party. At Christmas, he would get Christmas gifts. Why? Because his church family loved him and they would take care of him. Uh, He would go on trips with people in the church family to places he had heard about but had never ever been to but now was going to. Why? Because of his church family. And he told me this too, Eric told me, when I was in junior high, I was sitting with a group of my friends and we were talking about what we had got for Christmas, what we had done that year. And someone looked at me, one of my friends looked at me and said, dude, you got like the best family ever. And he said, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Why? It was his church family. He was one of my interns and he would go on now today to lead a great church that's doing that for other people. A church that's being family for other people, caring for other people. And by the way, when I heard that, I thought, I really, really, really want that to be Crossroads. I believe that is Crossroads. I think that's who we are. That, that, that's what makes us vital. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says this in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking, uh, not forsaking our assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, Most of you know the the Hebrew letter, the letter to the Hebrew Christians was written to a group of people who were Jewish that had given their lives to Christ, but... Now a persecution was hitting the Christian church and not the Jewish people. So if they would say, we're not Christian, we're Jewish, they'd be protected and safe. And he warns them over and over, don't do that. Don't sell out your savior. Don't give in in the moment. And then, and here in chapter 10, did you hear what he said? Don't quit meeting together. It could cost you your life. Don't quit meeting together. It could cost you every possession you have. Don't quit meeting together. It could cost you 
uh, uh, your freedom. Uh, it could cost you so much. And he said, but it's that important that you don't quit meeting together, that you get together. And we want to be a church family that does that here in person and online and be a command, uh, be part of that, uh, being that commandment where we're doing what God wants us to do and we're living out what God wants us to be. And, and I love that we get to be not just a group of people who gather together, but a true church family that does exactly what that passage says. What did it say to do? Stimulate one another to love. Encourage one another. And so we've got to have times when we come together where we're continually doing that, where we're prodding each other on in a positive way or maybe cheering each on is a better word to say let's go out and love in the name of Jesus let's love each other and that's of outside our church and let's be a family that loves each other uh just uh, uh not even a week ago uh, I was walking out on our grounds and I saw this beautiful little girl crying she was crying big old tears and I walked up to her and her mom and I said what's wrong and she goes she's okay she just doesn't want to leave church And I'm like, yeah, that is my dream. I want every child to run onto our campus and I want them all crying when they have to leave. (laughs) Right? Does everybody agree though? This needs to be a place where kids know they're loved, where people know they matter. Uh, It was not very long after that encounter. I walk over and this incredible guy named Corwin, uh, he's probably fifth, sixth grade, runs up to me and said, Pastor Chuck, I've been here five years. And then he said, I just got baptized. And I'm like, yeah, Corwin, you know what? That's what we are. That's who we're meant to be. I was talking to a single young guy who told me this. He said, the minute I got out of my car for the very first time I'd ever been on this campus, I felt something. He said, I'm out in the parking lot. I got out of my car and I felt something. And he said, but I don't know how to tell you this. I don't even understand it. But I got to say this, the minute I walked up here and the greeters greeted me, I thought, I'm home. I'm home. Yeah, isn't that a praise? And I got to say this, I'm not going to speak for you. When I come on our campus and get to be with you, I feel something special. And you know what that is, don't you? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And and I, I sense the Spirit. I sense God's spirit moving and and doing things in a valuable way. And incredible things are occurring. I've had people tell me that Crossroads saved my life. I've had people tell me that Crossroads saved my marriage. I've had people say this, Crossroads opened my eyes to who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And, And then my favorite, I love every one of those, but it is. My favorite one is, whenever I'm here, I feel at home. I feel at home. And that's my dream, that we would be a church that continues to be that way. And for any of you that's not that way, I want to tell you we want that for you. But not only do we want that for you, God wants that for you, and you need it. You need it. I was reading an article I've quoted before from the American Psychological Association, which, by the way, is not a Christian group. (laughs) Okay, I'm the only one. But anyway... But what they do is they report on research. And they were talking about this, a big, big question. Why? Why is there such an astronomically high rise in anxiety and depression? Why? It's plaguing our country. By the way, in all age groups, it's a national crisis of anxiety, depression, and loneliness. 
And so the American Psychological Association last two, three years had been trying to figure out what is causing this spike? What is causing something that is probably and almost for sure more dangerous than the COVID pandemic? It really is. And you know what they said? They said this. They said the problem they believe goes back to the rise of the nuns. That's right. Catholic nuns are the problem. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. The N-O-N-E, not N-U-N, the N-O-N-E. What are the nuns? That's when they do a census and they ask you what religious group you are part of. And the fastest growing religious group are the N-O-N-E's. And do you know what they said? This American Psychological Association said, that is why there's such an incredible, devastating consequence for people who are part of that group, but it's actually a contagious problem that emanates from them. Now, again, remember APA, American Psych, they're not Christian, but they did say this. They said the two things people are missing that would be the best way to either not enter into anxiety and depression or to overcome it is two things are needed. One is you need to be a part of a faith community, a vital part of a faith community. They're not just saying you attend a group. You're a vital part of a faith community. And number two, you need to volunteer. Uh, By the way, at Crossroads, you get to do both. I know some of you are going, Pastor Chuck, whenever you start on this, it's because you want us to do something for you. Let me be as clear as I can. No, I want you to do something for God and for you. See, that's what I want. As your pastor, and I hope I'm your pastor, see, I want that for you. I want you to come here and, and, and find a place of love and, and get truly invested. And, and then I want you to discover your spiritual gift that God gave you and begin to use that in ways that, by the way, I have watched over and over have a ripple effect outside of what you do here. In other words, as you start using your gift here, you're probably going to discover how that can happen outside our walls and out within your life and in all the places that God wants you to be. And see, Jesus wants us to be very real with something called love. He wants us to genuinely love one another. In John 15, verse 12, Jesus said this, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, The one lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. He wants this to be a genuine place of very real love occurring. And and whenever that happens, we we step back and say, okay, it's it's happening. It's it's occurring. We're seeing it be what it's supposed to be, where genuine love is being shown. Fran grew up in Hong Kong. And uh, as a teen, she found out something that she kind of knew. Her father was high up in the, in, the, in the Chinese mafia. She had a driver and she had a maid and a nanny, but she was always really, really lonely. And then she began to uh, uh, get involved in working and she met a man who was in the military for the United States and they got married and Fran and her husband ended up living here in the United States and for 43 years they were married together and then he, he died, he passed away. And she was so lonely. She was so lonely. She grieved for two months without ever leaving her apartment 
And then finally she went to the office of her apartment complex and said, I need a church. And they said, go to Crossroads. And she came here. Now, let me tell you the sad part of the story. She came here and then she said, I need help with grief and recovery. And we dropped the ball and never got back to her. Now, that's not good. Then she thought, well, I'm not going to be at Crossroads. I'll go to Saddleback. But the whole time she was at Saddleback, she felt like God was calling her back to Crossroads. And by the way, we love Saddleback. She ended up writing an email, letting us know we blew it. And then uh, David Sean, who's one of the members of our church family, got a hold of her and said, I am so sorry. And he began to talk with her and share with her. And she joined Encore. And she joined uh, the next chapter group. And she started getting involved in other things she could. Uh, and, and today, Fran is a vital part of my church family. And by the way, if you don't know Fran, Fran makes these really cool customized pins, right? Okay, Fran, you, she's right here. Uh, she makes these really cool customized pins. And, and I am so glad that you forgave us for dropping the ball and sticking with us so you could be a part of our church family. By the way, a quick uh, fun thing to know, Pam, Pam took you to Disneyland recently, didn't she? Yeah, Pam and a group, and they just had a blast. You were more fun than a little child. So, <laughs> But Fran, you're crossroads. And you know what, by the way, uh, we're going to be giving some, a bunch of you guys a gift from Fran. She's made like 500 pins we're going to give out uh, that you'll have and always be able to think about someone who's that loving and that caring and makes that big a difference. But see, what it comes down to is this. This is a place of love. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you feel loved here? Yeah, yeah. For those of you who couldn't hear, she, Fran said, I couldn't imagine life without my Crossroads family. And then she added, and you're the best preacher in the... No, she didn't say <laughs> She didn't. Okay, first part she did say. But, but see, I walk away around in awe of our Crossroads family. Here, by the way, and out in the community too, where I get to bump into people who are a part of our church. And uh, it's about really loving each other. In John 13, 34 and 35, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Jesus said, hey, I want to tell you something brand new that's going to change your life. Love each other. By the way, should we love everybody? Yes. But in this case, he's talking about church family. I'm telling you, Jesus is saying to you and saying to me, love your church family. And then he said this, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In other words, the, one of the proofs that Jesus is real, one of the proofs that Jesus is true is when we love each other. And, and, and you know what? That means we love each other even if we have disagreement and differences. Uh, we in our church have Republicans and Democrats, and I hope they love each other, right? And some of you are going, I'm an independent. We love you too. All right. Uh, we, in our church family, we have people who have been vaccinated and not been vaccinated. Do we love each other though? Yes, we do. You know what? Uh, we want to be a church that does that. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody, but let me tell you, I I'm vaccinated, but there are many of you today who've decided not to be. And I know you're facing a very real dilemma in your job. And let me say this to you. I care. We care. 
and we're praying for you. And we want the best for you. And that's how, you know, that's what a church family does. Because love is the proof that our faith is real. Uh, in 1 John three fourteen, it says, we know. Now, don't miss this word, we know. In other words, it's a certainty that we have passed from out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but indeed in truth. Now, now here's the thing. In other words, I shouldn't just say, hey, I love you. What are some things that show I really do? You shouldn't just say, I love Crossroads. What are some things that show you really do? And you don't do them to score points with God. God's gonna love you. God can't love you more than he does. I hope you know that. But does God get blessed when you go out and love the church family? The answer for sure, yes. By the way, all of us who have children, don't you love it when your children get along? Yeah, yeah. And when they don't get along, you know what? You're not sure which one you're gonna give up, but you're getting rid of one. No. Um, <laughs> God's a loving, caring father who wants us to get along, who wants us to be together, who wants us to know family matters, and the church is meant to be the family God wants us to be. First John 4, 7, and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if I know God, one of the proofs I know God, according to the apostle John, is that I love my church family, that I love you. And by the way, it, it, this is a church that's for me easy to love. Uh, I love the whole church, the, the church that's universal. But you know what's really cool for me? Whenever I go and I'm with my friends and we talk about our different, I meet with 19 friends every year, twice a year. And whenever we sit around, I never wish I had their church. As a matter of fact, I sit there going, you're missing out because you don't get to be crossroads, you know. And, and I love, love, love our church. But love and a growing love has always been the goal. 1 Timothy 1.5 says, For the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. I do have ways I try to test how faithful I am to the Lord and what I do. The number one test is how loving our church is. That's number one. Uh, are we a church that genuinely loves each other? When I teach with you, does the outcome of the teaching I give you to be that we love each other, we care about each other, and we're better at it than we've ever imagined. Why? Because God himself is teaching us to love. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you. And here's why. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. In other words, if I'm listening to God and you're listening to God, he's telling me, love your church family, love your church family. And then he's teaching us to. And notice what it goes on to say, for indeed you do practice it, love, toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. 
In other words, as I talk about loving each other the way we should and being more active in the way we should, you know what God is saying for me to say? And, and do more, do more, do more. Excel, excel, excel. Why? Because our love for one another is not just to be we love each other, it's to be a fervent love for one another. First Peter 4, 8 says, above all, above all, all opinions, all differences, all, all moments that we're interrelating together, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Not just love, but love with passion. Really, really love with passion. And Colossians chapter 3, 12 to 14 says, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so you should also. Beyond all these things, put on love. Put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. He said, beyond everything else I'm talking about, you put on love. Why? Because that love should be fervent, and that love should be beyond all and above all, and it should be a part of everything that happens. And so what I want to say to you is, where is it that you can start loving people? Uh, right now, we need people to, to, to say, I'm going to dive in and start loving people who come on our church grounds. We call it our street deceit ministry. So in the parking lot, we want people loving on people. Uh, out on the walkway, when someone comes in the door. And by the way, let me ask you a question. I think you know the answer. Does it matter that we genuinely love people when they walk in? What's the answer? Yeah, so some of you, you've got that gift. It's a, like a gift of hospitality. And we're starting a brand new Wednesday night service up. Uh, by the way, in, in January, we will be meeting in the building on Wednesday nights and online. Uh, and we need more people serving. Uh, by the way, let me say this. Do we need you to serve? Yes. Do I want it for us or for you? I want it for you. I want it your place to start plugging in. We need more people helping in children's. Uh, some of you right now, I want to tell you your life would change dramatically if you would start going and loving those kids and caring for those kids. And, and we want you to be a part of that. Some of you need to help out in our, our, our teenage ministry, JHM, and, and also in HSM. And we need you volunteering there so that you could be a vital part of seeing a life made better. And, and we need help and see you. Sometimes I feel like a lot of us who are who are older, we look at the college agents and say, oh, they've got it on their own. No, they don't. Their brains aren't formed yet. Their brains won't form to their 27. So you, we got to help, okay? Let's get in there and, and be a part of that and love on our SIA group and, 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 and do that together. And then we, we always need people to help in our area of special needs. One of my favorite, I, I'm just going to say it, a favorite part of our church family is our special needs ministry. Yeah, it really is. And uh, we want you to know we're going to be putting on, again, a special needs disabilities prom. And uh, we need help. But I have had, and this is not, and I know no one's going to discreet this. I cannot tell you how many times I've showed up here at the prom and I've walked around and I'm like, God, this is so good. And then almost always, actually every single year, someone, more than one person stopped me and said, you know what, I bit the bullet and this year I'm helping out and I didn't realize, man, I'm getting more out of this than they are. I'm getting more. You know why? You can't love in the name of Jesus and not get more out of it. 
You can't love in the name of Jesus and not get more out of it. It just can't happen uh, any other way. Um, Crossroads made a huge difference a few years back. It was a friend of mine who would be the best man at my wedding named Rick, Rick Gunn. And he felt God calling him into ministry as a part of our Crossroads family. And he uh, decided he would go to RCC first so that he, before, because he went to Bible college because it would cost so much money. And so Rick did. And uh, he did what uh, he and I learned to do here at Crossroads. You pray about everything. So he's walking towards his very first class at RCC, all excited to start his college career, feeling God giving him a great direction. And as he's walking up to the class, he prayed, Lord, show me who to sit next to. And he opened the door and stepped in, and right away he knew. There was a, a group of students sitting here, and then there was a sea of empty desks and one girl sitting all by herself. And he thought, Lord, I don't even have to ask again. That's where you would sit. You'd go sit with her so she's not alone. And he went over to sit down next to her, and she jumped because she didn't expect anybody to. And he looked at her and said, hi, I'm Rick. What's your name? And, and she could barely get it out because she had a speech impediment. And she said, Anna. He looked over and saw the, the crutches she walked with that was very difficult to navigate the RCC campus. And he, he said, well, Anna, it's really good to meet you. And she's like, oh. But she was more shocked when the next two days later, the class met again. And guess where he was sitting right next to her? And he started asking Anna about herself and found out she was born with a genetic defect. He also found out something else. Are you ready for this? She had been attending RCC for almost two years. And he said, Anna, where do you eat lunch? And she goes, I eat all alone. He said, not anymore. You come meet with my friends. And he got to a bunch of the Crossroads people that were meeting for lunch almost every day to meet. And he's sitting there and said, I, I can't wait for you guys to meet Anna. And guess what? Uh, all of a sudden she hears, Rick, Rick. And he looks over and Anna goes, I'm coming, I'm coming. And she's struggling to make her way there. But she's so excited. And when she got there, all the Crossroads family, man, they began to talk with her and welcome her and, and, and embrace her. You guys, for the first time in two years, she had a place to eat. People who cared. By the way, she wasn't a project. Here at Crossroads, you're not a project. You're a person. And so, uh, Rick found out she didn't know Jesus. She didn't know much about it, but he invited her to church. And he said to her, Anna, um, would you like to come to Bible study with me on Wednesday? And she's like, oh. Are you kidding, Rick? And he goes, no, no, no. I would love for you to come to Bible study with me. And she got so excited, you guys. She was so excited. And so on Wednesday night, he's driving to pick her up to take her to Bible study. And he, he starts down the street she lives on. And he looks, and he can see Anna standing on her front porch waiting for him with her, her crutches. And as he starts to pull up, he looks, and he goes, uh-oh. Her hair is all done up. She's wearing a really nice outfit. And Rick thought, oh no, she thinks it's a date. <laughs> oh, and he got out of the car and she goes, Rick, 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 my family wants to meet you. <laughs> and he's like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, I can't believe this. And he doesn't want to hurt her, but you know. So he walks up, goes inside. Her mom and dad are there, her aunt and uncle's there. It's not just the family. And her dad actually says, well, you take good care of our little Anna. And he thought, I will. 
and they make their way out to get in the car. He helps her get in the car. He sits down next to her in the driver's seat. He said, Ann, I got, I got something to tell you, and um, I just need to, to say it. And she goes, Rick, before you do, she said, I'm 21 years old, and no one's ever asked me to go anywhere. You're the first. And Rick leaned over and grabbed her and hugged her and said, Anna, I'm proud to be the first. And he took her to Bible study. I was there that night, and he loved on her. He treated her special. So did everybody else, but he really did. He did later on let her know, hey, we're friends, and I want to be your friend. He did, but he did it so caring, so loving, so kind that it won't surprise you. It was not that long a period of time we heard the clanking sound of those crutches coming down the aisle as she gave her life to Jesus Christ and got baptized. Anna went on to teach in special needs schools where other kids struggle with what she struggles with. And do you know what she always told them and still tells to this day? I'm sure she does. She'll tell them the world is a cruel place. But if you go to a loving church, you're going to belong and you're going to find home because that's what happened to me. And she talked about Jesus. She talked about Jesus. You know what? That's who we are. And Anna's a part of our legacy, a part of this church showing that kind of transforming love. And today there are some of you, you need to not just hear about it, you need to experience this love. It could be here in the room or out on the patio or online, but God sees you, God knows about you, and God cares about you. So right now, I want to tell you that God wants you to experience his love, and then he wants you to be a part of a church family he will make you a part of. He'll add you to our church family, and you, you will experience God as your father and us as your brothers and sisters. But today may be your day. Today, I think, is for some of you your time. You know what? You might, you might be sitting here thinking, but I don't deserve it. Guess what? God loves you so much, Jesus Christ died for you so that now you deserve it. You deserve his love. You deserve his care. He wants to erase all the pain that's holding you down. He wants to give you a purpose that he's already designed for you. He wants you to know that no failure defines you. It's the love of God that defines you. And he wants you to live a life that's joyous and filled with peace and filled with love from him and from others. So right now, let me ask you, is that a description of your life? Is that what you're experiencing? Because you know what? You're a prayer away. The Bible says the way you enter into that relationship with him is number one is to pray a prayer and say to the Lord, I want to commit my life to you. And in a moment, I'm going to lead that prayer. And I'm just going to ask you right where you're at, no matter where you are, whisper this prayer with me. Then the second thing you need to do is make it known. The Bible teaches us that God designed you and designed me. That whenever we do something that important, that matters that much, we've got to, we've got to make known what we did. The Bible, that's called confessing biblically, that you make it known. Jesus said, confess me before men. And so what I want to say is I want to lead that prayer right now. And if you love the Lord, I want you to pray for people to pray this prayer. But after we're done praying the prayer, I'm going to ask you if you're online, you make it known by texting amen to 77247 
or going to Crossroads Church family and click on I said yes. Uh, if you're here in the building or you're out on the patio, I'm going to ask after we pray the prayer and we stand to sing that you do what Anna did. And by the way, for Anna, it wasn't easy. She had to get those crutches and make her way to the aisle and come down. But God did something special in her and he will in you when you do that. So I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm going to ask you to, to make that walk. You could grab someone's hand and say, come with me. And I know some of you might go, oh, I don't know, I'm scared. Here's what I want to tell you. Something really happens when you step out. Something does. All of, by the way, everybody here, when you went forward, how many of you would say, something happened when I went forward? Show me right now with hands. Man, something happened, right? And I don't want you to miss out on that. Something occurs. So this could be your time, and this could be God's moment for you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray right now for anybody who needs to open their heart to you or commit their life to you. Oh God, I pray that they would, they would feel your love. They would know that this is a time where they want to and need to belong to you and belong to our church family. This is a moment that can change everything for them. And it's from you. And Jesus, you paid an incredible price so they could know your love. So I pray right now they would open their hearts to you. I pray for a man who's here, it's time to let that love come where he could be transformed into being not only loved, but loving. He needs to be more loving, Lord. He needs it. And I pray he's gonna pray this prayer and come. I pray for some people here who are hurting today that need to have healing happen. I pray they're gonna come. So Lord, we pray right now you're touching people. Right now, all of you who love the Lord, do this. Pray. I've asked you to already, but pray for people to say yes. But if that's you, this is your time. This is your moment. The Lord could not love you more than he does, and he wants you. Do you want him? If so, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me, and I know you died on the cross for me, and you died for my sins. Please forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. Please heal me from hurt and from pain. Please free me from anything or anyone that's holding me down or holding me back. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. And I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. And if those are the only words you can get out, do it. Say, I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. Amen if you prayed that prayer. Thanks again for joining us. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we hope you'll text AMEN to 77247 so we can provide you with the resources to help you on this journey. If this message resonated with you or you need prayer for something, would you let us know in the comments below? Our team reads every comment that comes through and we love interacting with you. If this message added value to your life, click the subscribe button and turn on post notifications so that you'll never miss out on a new message. 
We're live on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. right here online and Sundays at 9 a.m. and on demand anytime after that. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time.